Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, welcome to My Good Bad Brain. If you're here, you probably already know what it is. It's a podcast about mental health and being a person. Um... I'm going to do something a little different this week and moving forward in general, uh, just in the interest of making this sustainable and delightful and to try something different. I don't know. Uh, I've had some folks tell me that they like this other thing that I did and that they thought this might be beneficial. So I'm going to try it out for a while. Um, We're going to keep doing interviews with uh, people that I admire or want to ask questions of or just sort of want to get their personal stories and and experiences with mental health and uh, existence and how they get through. Uh, We're going to keep doing those interviews. Of course, I love doing them. But every other week, uh, I'm going to do a little solo episode, which is going to be generally much briefer. So far, I've been doing these, uh, I call them brain breathers, uh, where I just let my brain breathe a little bit about things I'm going through, thoughts I'm having. Uh, Again, in the same vein, mental health, being a person. Um, I've been doing them for the Patreon uh, subscribers. for a little while, and uh, I've had some folks tell me they like them and that they think that they could, uh, they'd, they'd be cool to put out as content. Uh, so I'm going to do these every other week. Uh, if you like them and you want to get them earlier than everybody else, uh, check out patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. Uh, you'll get these at least a week in advance, uh, and also... Little poem videos I do. You also have a chance to give input on all kinds of things as they come up. I ask questions there and see what people think. Um, I also, you can ask questions there of forthcoming guests. I'll be posting some of those in the next few days as I set up next uh, interviews. Um, Yeah, and also I just want to say that that Patreon is magical. Uh, I didn't ever have any kind of like direct fan support until this podcast and it's really remarkable it's really meaningful uh, and I think kind of the most amazing thing for artists this day and age like it's really weird that to do something creative or outside of the box or that you know like the, the marketplace isn't asking for necessarily um you have to like go in this big roundabout way of finding sponsors or advertisements from YouTube or something like that and uh, and then, uh, you know, ironically, fans end up kind of resenting it sometimes and being like, oh, this used to be free. They sold out or whatever. And I don't know. It's just a whole silly system. I think patronage from even brands is totally fine. Like nobody's gotten free art uh, for nothing or whatever since the, the Medici's, the Catholic Church and all these other people that had to be there to support people trying to be creative. And the more we can cut that out, like it's amazing. And with this project, which is super duper personal, obviously, I mean, it's like existentially very 
real to me, uh, you know, in that sense of like existence. Uh, when I struggle with my mental health and getting through it and getting through life, it, it's just, it's not very easy for me. And I don't think it's easy for a lot of people out there. And just doing this, the messages that I get weekly um, are really amazing. I, I don't, I don't take kind words very well, like compliments or, or just, I, I don't know, I turn into a weird robot. I don't know how to process them. So I just try to be polite and um, express what I really feel, which is like this gratitude, uh, not just for them share, like telling me something nice they feel about me, but for sharing something true of theirs, for putting themselves out there and, you know, making me know that I'm not alone in my craziness, in my good, bad brain. And uh, I'm so delighted because that, I guess, was the goal of this thing, to let other people know that they are not alone with their experiences, uh, to put something out there that might resonate with other people, to have my friends or acquaintances or just people I admire, like, who seem so successful and are so successful and so normal and put together to have them open up about their experiences. So we kind of, none of us uh, hopefully feel as weird and crazy and impossible as a lot of us do. And um, I guess I'm just saying that and coming around to say that those of you who are actually contributing monetarily at the Patreon, even if it's just a dollar, I, I just, it means so much. Uh, it, it makes this thing possible. It makes aspects of my life more possible. Uh, it makes this so it can be closer to a job. And uh, I love that about it. And so whatever, I'm, I'm just, thank you so much. And uh, if you dig this stuff, please check out patreon.com slash my good, bad brain. Even little amounts are wonderful. And if you can do more, there's some fun rewards on there. Uh, get a little art if you want to go ball out for real at the higher tiers. I'm making like these portraits for individuals, all of the ones that I do for guests that come on the show. And uh, at lower tiers, uh, we've got some goals that we're pretty close to. And those will, uh, you know, when those happen, you get some cool merch and access to other creations and whatever. Um, I guess, I don't know. This is weird and personal and extending on too long, but um, and I'm going to get into my brain breather, which hopefully you'll find something useful in. But wrapping it up, just when you support my good, bad brain, the podcast, you're also supporting my literal good, bad brain. And that is, I don't know, I can't say thank you enough for that. It's awkward, you know, it's weird. It's weird to be like an individual who's grateful. And it's so strange too. Patreon in its best practices is full of all these like things that are like, don't use needy language. They're like, don't say thank you. Don't say support. Uh, I mean, I don't know if this is something thank you, but they say don't use the word support or contribute or anything. They're like, couch it all in. You're going to get premium access to this and that and whatever. And I get why they say that. I get this like capitalist system we all live under where we're supposed to, I don't know, trick people into being like this premium club or whatever. But I think that's really outrageous. I think gratitude is something you should express all the time. I think we are all at each other's mercy. I mean, just living together on this planet and this society. So me personally, it is, this has been the best project I've put out in my life. Maybe. I, I mean, there's some art I'm very proud of. There just has been throughout my life, but in terms of something I actually do consistently that is getting response that seems to matter to people and matter in the world. This is really fucking special to me and I want it to go on as long as possible um, and I plan to have it go on for a really long time so if you are helping that happen by 
you know, giving some money to it or just leaving reviews or just listening or telling someone about it or anything, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, please keep that going. I want to see this baby thrive. I want it to uh, blow up. I want to get a bigger access to, to bigger personalities who can share their brain processes with us. You know, I want to I want to destigmatize all of our weirdnesses and I don't know. I've already had some people in my life even close to me be like reach out and say they went to therapy for the first time in their life because of this podcast and that is like come on you know like stuff saves my life you know and the idea that it might help somebody else is really moving okay so this is the longest intro ever, uh, but it was just a nice little check-in. You know, I'm like two months into this bad boy now, uh, and it's been lovely. So I'm going to shut up. I'm going to play the theme song. Uh, uh, thank you again, and I hope you enjoy this first Brain Breather. Again, every other week will be a solo thing with me. They're more brief, and then uh, we'll keep going with these interviews, of which I'm scheduling more now. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Patreon.com slash brain. Uh, hit it. <laughs> Welcome to my good, bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is, but I figured out. I need a new theme song for these, these brain breathers. Brain breather, a place for your brain to breathe. Brain breather, a place for your brain to just, your brain? Your brain to just chill out and take a jacuzzi. Brain breather. (laughs) That's uh, probably the most anxiety-inducing thing I could have done. So if you're looking for comfort here, yikes. Uh... It's just going to be me being a maniac instead. What else is new? Um, man, I've been off the rails the last few weeks. Uh, and it's weird to do a podcast about self-care and stuff like that. Uh, talk about it so much. And then recognize that you are really slacking on your own self-care. You know? And it puts us in this headspace of like, well, what, what am I... What am I doing? You know, why why am I, uh, who am I? Am I a hypocrite? Why am I such a piece of shit? Why can't I get out of my own fucking way? Why do I keep doing the same dumb thing over and over? Why do I have to rediscover the same things over and over and over again? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I guess that's, the answer to that is probably just that's that's the nature of life. I don't think guilt about it serves anybody very much. And I think getting in feedback loops of, oh, I'm such a piece of shit. And, oh, my God, what the fuck am I? Why do, Why don't I do the things that make me happier? And, I mean, in this case, the thing I'm thinking about, the first thing I got to get back under control that I know, I just know for a fact this works for me or not, is like... There's all these other causes of depression that science has discovered that are body-based, you know, that are not, I mean, we know that pretty deeply now, right? And we're, I'm always going on about that, like chemicals in your brain. But we know 
now a ton of serotonin, like the chemical, one of the chemicals that makes you happy and a lack of which makes you feel depressed is, is made by bacteria in your gut, you know? So if I've been eating terrible in ways that like don't promote good, healthy gut bacteria, or even if like I've taken a lot of antibiotics or something, which I haven't recently, but just something to think about, you're like, okay, so there's one possible cause. I have bad bacteria in my guts, and that's why I'm feeling extra down in the impossible-to-exist sort of region of life. And then they've done these studies recently, I guess, uh, where they, they found out, uh, they've looked into depression as an inflammatory disease. An inflammatory disease. Like, literally. Like the things that you take ibuprofen, they treated some people who have depression with ibuprofen to see uh, if they could, you know, help that just by anti-inflammatories. And it helped. So you're like, okay, what, what causes inflammation in the body? And, you know, different things for different people. But I know for a fact, for me, I mean, inflammation, how stupid is this? Just the swelling of your tissues. I guess that's like meningitis and you could die from that. Or if you get a fever, your brain just gets hot and then you get crazy, you know? But like literally, just the the micro swelling of tissues, the inflammation of my guts and my organs and my muscles or whatever, my skin, that could just make me become, like have a depressive episode or encourage it. Weird, weird to think that way. I mean, not weird when you actually look at it, but weird based on the paradigms and understandings that we're raised with. Anyway, so inflammation, I know, for me, everybody's system's different. Some people work really well just eating pasta all the time, being vegetarians, whatever. For me, when I'm eating carbs like crazy, especially if they got gluten in them, lots of sugar, lots of breads and things like that, man, I know I feel terrible. I feel terrible. I can feel it in, when I wake up in the morning and the stiffness in my joints I can feel it. I can see it in the mirror and just like a little bit like bloatier than normal, a little like just puffier in general. I can feel it when I try to stretch or move around and I'm just like my muscles stay sore longer and feel weird and just feel tight in ways that I just don't when I'm taking care of myself. When I'm eating, you know, for me, like a keto kind of thing has worked the best or intermittent fasting with that, you know. So high fat diets, which there's some... There's some resources online I've found that are, you know, support the idea that better brain function and, you know, things like that, mood sort of enhancement can come from high-fat diets, high-fat, high-protein diets. Um, but whatever. I just know for me colloquially, colloquially, uh, yeah, anecdotally, I'll say anecdotally, my lived experience is that I know these things don't make me happy. And yet, you know, sure, mitigating circumstances, right? Some weddings last couple of weeks, a huge event for a friend in the food industry, like Miles. Anybody listen, Miles. Miles was nominated for a James Beard Award. I went to Chicago, and uh, I drank there, too, for the first time I have all year. I do not miss that. I've since had a wedding for a good friend and did not drink there, so I feel very comfortable being like, I'm good not drinking longer. And again, nothing wrong with drinking if there's nothing wrong with it for you i've just realized hot damn i don't think my brain or body has space for this right now and it definitely has an addictive cycle where like you get in some bad habits and do something because it i don't know this is this is the thought i had today i thought there's this constant struggle inside of me inside of my human animal like this fight, sort of this pull along two ends of a spectrum and, you know, 
caveats away, right? There's no no binaries, no hierarchies, no black and white in the world, whatever. But just my lived sense of it is that I have these two versions of me competing on this like this pole on either end, like two hyenas fighting over a baby antelope or something. Like just pulling me in the middle, one towards being a hyena, towards being more animal and more predatory feeling, more running through the woods, you know, existing in the world and being active and alive and and feeling trim and sleek and just like alive and mobile. You know, this sort of sharp, I'm, I'm being here on this dimension and I am in it, you know? Fast, expressive. And then there's this other side, I think that just wants to disembody. That's just like, I don't really feel like impacting my surroundings at all. I don't feel like taking a bite out of anything except for, you know, cookies and stuff that taste kind of good and this sort of uh, low-end subwoofer sound way. And I'd rather just kind of do my best to melt into the universe, into nothing, and sort of just observe it a little bit. But I don't You think being a ghost would be cool? And those are like the two extremes for me of wellness, I guess, is like I'm a werewolf or I'm a ghost, maybe. And not even like a, sca- a cool poltergeist ghost, like a just kind of a bummer ghost, just chilling in the belfry and being like, I don't know. I don't know. And then I don't know, guys, like winning a little bit lately. Um, and I guess just trying to real- realize that, tune into that be less binary, be less extreme, acknowledge like, oh, okay, you have been in a lame zone for yourself. You've been in a down on yourself zone where you don't really help yourself get out of it in a way that you can honor and make sense that you were going through, but you don't have to keep doing it. We can say, okay, that's over now. Let's wrap that up. This is the point of being a human being is that we can overcome our instincts. We can overcome our feelings. We can recognize a situation and in recognizing it, know that we can make choices to change it. That's possible. I still fucking believe that. I have to believe that. That it's not just my brain that I can recognize what I'm going through and make choices to change it. So I'm making choices to change it. You know what I mean? Get back on my exercise stuff. Do that more regularly. And again, not big and heavy. Just move around every day. You know? And then eat well. Eat in a way that will make my body and brain a little happier. I don't know. That's where I'm at. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more. I had a wonderful discussion, and I forgot to ask again if I could use uh, their name. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring up the name yet. Uh, uh, perhaps in the future, when we uh, end up, I think we may have a conversation uh, that we'll record that will either go up as a brain breather or a full episode. We'll see uh, how schedules work out. But we we're talking about. Uh, this thing that I brought up last week in the intro of the main pod, uh, talking about Kanye West and talking about being problematic and this whole idea. And the biggest idea I want to bring up, uh, so the, the thing had to do with my use, I used the word tribal. And, I, and we couldn't actually figure out where it was in the podcast with Mitchell. I think it was with Mitchell. I don't remember who it was with, but the point was I used it in the context of saying like this person is just part of my tribe, you know, same tribe, tribal kind of thing. And while um, the uh, thought that was given to me in the note was, it was clarified that it was not that I just don't use the word tribal, but that I think about the word, that I think about the context and that in, in the context this person has coming up as a Native American and that culture that like, in America, I mean that culture, not the not the American, but both, you know, uh, is that a tribe isn't just 
a way to delineate and say, oh, a funny scene. But that in the context that they mostly live with it and they felt activated about, and, and again, I apologize if I'm paraphrasing, but we'll end up talking on here and you represent yourself very well and blah, blah. But like that uh, it, 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 it represents something you're born into and, and also like these sort of um, not necessarily always fun uh, responsibilities and baggages that other people put on you. Marginalizations that the white hegemony, hegemony, I always say that word weird, hegemony or hegemony, uh, that, you know, colonial uh, uh, patriarchy puts on you. And to just kind of casually say, tribe, you know, my tribe, um, is maybe uh, something just to be conscious of. Not like this, not like this speech policing. Oh, don't say that word. Because they, you know, knew they were very good faith about wh- what I was uh, trying to say. But I did think it was cool. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to think about that for sure uh, when I move forward. And just, I think there's other ways, of, you know, group, family, things like that. It's easy to use uh, without invoking the, um, the sort of, uh, you know, context that seems to come with words like tribe and tribal still in uh, North America at the very least, but, you know, I think pretty globally. Um, The coolest thing that came out of that conversation for me personally, I think the one thing I've sent this to uh, a bunch of people in my family and in my close friend groups uh, since was this diagram, because they were using this term um, valid, uh, you're, they said after my pod, and they said, you're not being problematic right now. You're actually, you're valid. You're, you're in a, a validation phase. And, in, and of course, my instinct is in our culture where we, we have words like entitlements that sound like bad words and validation is like, oh, you need so much validation. It sounds bad. My instinct is like, oh, no, I'm doing something wrong. It's like validation must mean that's, oh, that's you defending yourself instantly and the hilarity and irony of that based on what I'm about to share uh is pretty evident I think where uh this this uh they sent me this uh diagram this handout uh, about the difference about what a dialogue is entering into dialogue with somebody else um as opposed to a discussion or a debate and I'm not going to read through this whole thing cuz that would be so tedious uh but the 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 baseline thing at the top is the difference between if you have two parties who have difference of opinion coming to dialogue about it how is that different than a debate or a discussion and how can we differentiate that and select what mode we are going to communicate in a discussion they say is conceptual or conversational and or conversational a debate is competitive whereas a dialogue is collaborative working towards a sense of community understanding uh, and this kind of thing, there's another one here, discussions, seeks answers and solutions, a debate looks for weakness, a dialogue looks for shared meaning. Uh, this, like, this blew my mind, just over and over. Like, discussion, you listen to find places of disagreement or to gather rational pieces of an argument. Debate, you listen to form counterarguments. A dialogue, you listen without judgment and a view to understand. I mean, this may sound simple, but reading this, I was like examining my own relationships. Like when, when I have arguments with people, when we come to a place, what's my response? It's the same thing as this. They say you're valid right now. You're currently valid, and I, and my instinct is to go, "What do you wait? What do you what do you mean? What do you mean I'm valid? What do you mean I'm 
what do you mean uh valid like i'm trying to validate him. i don't need validation no no i'm so sorry that's not what i'm trying to do uh uh, uh you know what i mean like uh, like i only understood i only understand in a sense of debate in a sense of discussion and defensiveness getting like a courtroom thing presentation of evidence blah 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 bringing up studies or whatever in a dialogue you avoid any kind of that that would be discussion in a dialogue the idea is to speak from your own experience we're like the thing i say we're we're all an authority on our own experience and that if some somebody else's lived experience is valid you have to hear them speak from their truth whatever that is and you can't invalidate a human's experience of a thing you know maybe i i still think you know it's important to acknowledge that we can we can say like well that's real and this isn't real and the way you're treating other people is really shitty and blah 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 but if they say in their experience of it they're afraid or something like that or angry or whatever like because they perceive this thing happen there's nothing you can you can say to make that untrue and by trying to attack that as if you could you're you're instantly creating a non-dialogue you're you're creating a a barrier you're creating a place where we're in opposition and that if we're going to move forward in any way as a society or in the micro or whatever in a way that's healthy this need for a, a dialogue and a real interest in building relationships Uh, as this diagram says, versus disregarding relationships into their debate or retaining relationships into discussion, uh, I don't know how we're going to get anywhere. So it really blew my mind to think about these, you know, more consciously how I communicate with the world, with myself, and how we in a wider way do um, politically and and philosophically. And I don't know. It was just a... Uh, I'm glad we had to talk like offline, like I mean, it was literally online, but like not recorded or anything like that because it was so personal. And um, I was, uh, you know, just uh, kind of amazed by this person and their experience and their um, strength, like for coming through what they've come through in their life. And uh, and then just eloquence and determination and patience uh, to speak to people to take the time with me out of their busy life and. Um, and just sort of you could sense this way that they go through the world like that. I feel like uh, that's a real example. I don't know. If we could all go through <laughs> talking to the people we love and the people we hate with the same willingness to dialogue and build dialogue. Uh, oh, hot damn. I don't know. I think we could really change some things. And I don't know, maybe, maybe just in our own personal lives, uh, starting there. You know, when you talk to people that you love or that you don't love, maybe that's the more important place to even focus on it, places where you hate people or resent them or are disappointed in them or something like that, creating an ability to dialogue with them, listening without judgment, discover collective meanings, shared meanings. Um, One thing they say at the very end here is discussion avoids silence, debate uses silence to gain advantage, and dialogue honors silence. And that is so hard for me. If you listen to this episode uh, this week with Lee Newton, there's parts in there where I'm like, damn, I just do not like to stop, do I? Um, in this conversation that came up, they said that I <laughs> that some people uh, need to talk to think and some people need to think before they talk. And as somebody who's uh, obviously a terrible talk-to-think type, I, I mean, I, I'm, I often i have said that... Uh, Sometimes I need to say things out loud just to see if I believe them or not. 
which um, is true and sometimes rather challenging <laughs> because things will get out of your mouth that you uh, you go, well, well, I wish I hadn't said that. I understand I'm going to be held accountable to that now because I said it, but I didn't mean it. <laughs> I, I didn't. I wasn't sure until I said it. Um, anyway, uh, a difficulty I've had in interpersonal relationships is is figuring out if like how to this is like love language I guess but how to meet people in ways that will find this mutual understanding that we'll both have our needs met where if they're silent and they are somebody who needs to think before talking how can I stop my inner voice stop my anxious need to keep going keep going we're gonna fix this we're gonna fix this let's do something about it let's do something about it because what it turns into is they're sitting there silent thinking probably and I'm going why are you being silent why are you silent treating me what are you doing? Please. I'm in the, and realizing now that like I'm in such an anxious state of like, I've got to fix this. I've got to fix this. Every single moment it's unfixed and we're not doing something about it is like absolute agony for me. Please. Like that ability to meet people where they're at. Recognize their meanings are not the same as your meanings. They're not trying to hurt you. Just like you're not trying to hurt yourself <laughs> and still do it. Still ain't fucking pizza and ice cream all day long and don't exercise at all and wonder like why do I feel so weird in my body why why am I blowing my ass out in the toilet so hard all day long only eating sugar and dairy and things that gluten that I know do that to me you know what I mean yeah, there's a lot of thoughts in one ah, uh, these are just here you go so brain breather man that's 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 me this week I might make this one public just to give, you know, to put it out there and say, hey, if anybody's interested in this, you can get it on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash my good bad brain. Well, you all know that because you're already here. I'm sorry that I was late with things. Time management's an issue for me. And, um, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really like making excuses for it. I feel like everyone listens has been super duper understanding of uh, Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.